Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Trinity Episcopal Pocatello podcast. Peace be with you. Today's homily was given by Reverend Haiti LeCorbier on Trinity Sunday, and as such, you'll hear Reverend Haiti speak about some common ways to conceptualize the Trinity, both as God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but also as God the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, based on scripture from Proverbs chapter 8 and John chapter 16. Please enjoy this homily about bearing God's image into the world. In the name of God, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. Amen. So last week was Pentecost, the day when churches all over the world celebrated that first coming of the Holy Spirit. Last week, our reading from Acts went back to that room in Jerusalem where Jesus' followers were waiting and praying. And as they prayed, they heard a noise that sounded like rushing wind they saw something that looked like tongues of fire dancing over each person's head. They were overwhelmingly certain of God's presence among them. The spirit they had been promised had arrived. That was last week. This week, the theologians get into the act. Wait a minute, they say. Spirit? What is the Spirit, anyway? How is Jesus connected to it? And now that we're talking about it, just how is Jesus connected to God? We say that Jesus is God's Son, but we also say that Jesus is God. How does that work? Today is Trinity Sunday. It's the day every year, right after Pentecost, when we stop to talk about what it means to say that God is one being, one God, and still three persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. But really, This is mostly the day when the church reminds us that there are a whole lot of things about God that we will never know in this lifetime. It's true that there are any number of ways that we can talk about how three things can be separate and yet united. For 2,000 years now, we've talked about how a wick, wax, and a flame are a candle, how water, ice, and steam are still water. We've talked about clover leaves, you name it. If it has three separable elements, someone suggested it. 
But all these metaphors ultimately break down. A wick is not a candle. Water can't exist as ice and steam at the same time. God is bigger than our analogies because God is bigger than our minds can understand. So then, we turn to the Bible. That's a problem too, because there is no description of the Trinity in the Bible. There's no mountain where Jesus stands among his disciples and explains it all. There's no jail cell where Paul sits down with his scribe and teaches us how the Trinity works. In fact, the Bible really doesn't seem that interested in how God is composed. What does interest the Bible is what God does and what it means for us to be created in God's image. Our readings for today explore those questions. Take the first one. It's from the Old Testament book of Proverbs, and it talks about the person we often call God the Father, the God who creates. This God established the heavens, filled the oceans, made earth and fields and soil. But this God, this person, didn't do these things alone. Jesus was there. We've been told that at the very beginning of John's Gospel. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and without him not one thing came into being. Jesus was there, and the Spirit was there, too. It's true that people have argued for centuries about who exactly is speaking in this reading from Proverbs. This woman named Wisdom, is she the same as the spirit of truth that Jesus promises to send in today's third reading? The same as the spirit who came down at Pentecost? The same as the word? I'm not sure it matters. What this reading tells us is that God is someone who creates and that God does not do so alone. It tells us that God rejoices in the world that they have created and that God delights in us, all of us, including people you and I might not find so delightful, people we're appalled by, family members we're fed up with. It's us even when we struggle to rejoice in ourselves. And if we are created in God's image, then we're called to be co-creators of a world in which God delights. As co-creators, we're called to create things worth celebrating. We're called to find delight in the world, in each other, in ourselves. We're called to nurture that delight, even when it isn't easy. And our second reading recognizes how hard it can be. That reading from Paul's letter to the Romans talks about the person who we're used to calling God the Son, 
Jesus, the God whose suffering brings hope, the God who was beaten and crucified, the God whose resurrection offers us new life. This reading reminds us that God chose to be someone who suffers with us, but that that pain isn't the end of the story. God doesn't spare us. God didn't spare Jesus. God didn't spare himself. God himself was on that cross on Good Friday, and God himself had the horror of watching his own son die on that cross. I don't know how that worked, but I know that even at our worst moments, we are not alone. If we are created in Jesus' image, then we too are called to hold on to God's love even when we feel forsaken. We're called to trust that something blessed, somehow, will follow even our moments of greatest despair. We're called to hope. And we're called to offer our whole selves, our souls and bodies, to create hope for others. God is there to remind us of that when we forget. Our gospel reading talks about the person who we're used to calling God the Holy Spirit, the God who walks with us and breathes in us, the God who teaches us and leads us, the God who doesn't expect us to understand everything at once, but guides us little by little. The God who knows how much we can take in and how much we can bear. Jesus knows he can't stay with his disciples in person because he's present in history. He's limited by history. But he promises them that he will send the Holy Spirit to guide them in his place. So if we are created in that spirit's image, that spirit is part of God, then we too are called to share that spirit with others, to walk with them and encourage them, to hear their stories, to share our own, to raise them up when they fall, all others, even ourselves. We're called to sustain each other much as God fed and guided the prophet Elijah, exhausted and despairing in the desert. We're called to sustain each other much as Jesus fed his friends and washed their feet on that last night together. He knew they were about to fail him. He knew they would have to pick themselves up afterwards and keep going somehow. They would have to know themselves forgiven. They would have to know themselves loved. Ultimately, if God, all of God, is creator and redeemer and sustainer, then we, created in God's image, are also called, in our small ways, to be co-creators co-redeemers, 
and co-sustainers in building the kingdom. The image of God, it's been said, isn't a substance, but a relationship of responsibility. We are expected, one of my professors argued, to image God to creation by showing God's goodness and kindness, to show God's delight, to offer God's hope, to sustain God's people, to help realize God's dream of a kingdom where every person is blessing and blessed and to be very, very certain of God's presence with us. Amen. We are grateful you've listened today. And we hope you found something helpful in today's episode. Our mission is to weave God's unfinished tapestry. And by listening, you are a part of that mission. So thank you. If you would like to know more about our parish or the Episcopal Church, you can find us online at www.trinitypocatello.org. Thanks be to God.